Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex Pete Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Tuesday, October 31st, as otherwise known as Halloween. And as you can see, I'm clearly dressed for the occasion. Uh, I'm just dressed as comfortable, man. That's my costume. I want to be <laughs> uh, Ian Cameron with you. I actually stole that line. That's what Uncle Phil said in an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air a long time ago. But I digress. It's Tuesday, October 31st. We have two games in the NHL to break down tonight, and we will get to it uh, in just a, a moment. Uh, first, though, we recap a busy Monday night in the NHL, and I'm assuming they reversed the um, the usual routine this week because Halloween night fell on a Tuesday. They didn't want to have too many games on a Tuesday night, so we just have the two games, one of them, of course, an ESPN a national TV game as well, so we'll get to those games in a moment. First of all, last night, we'll begin with the big playoff revenge game, if you will, in Boston, the Panthers and the Bruins. Uh, not a good start at all uh, for the um, Boston Bruins in that game, and um, Two nothing deficit. Definitely thought they would start the game a little bit better. Clearly, I liked them in the first period puck line yesterday, uh, which was a wrong side. But they got better as the game went on uh, yesterday against the uh, Florida Panthers. They ended up tying that game two two, and then they ended up winning it by a score of three to two in overtime. Felt they got stronger as the game went along. Uh, great contributions from pretty much everybody. Uh, Brad Marchand, DeBrusque had a good game. Charlie Coyle had a good game. Of course, great game from Pavel Zaka as well, who, of course, is tasked with this an enviable uh, assignment to try to replace uh, adequately Patrice Bergeron as the top-line center. He had a really strong game, though, a goal and an assist for the Boston Bruins in that victory uh, last night. So a uh, very solid win for Boston. Big incident in that game as well, involving Charlie McAvoy. Clearly a late hit, contact to the head on Oliver ekman Larson right in front of the net last night. And um, that's a no-no. Can't do that. Um, and, um, you know, definitely got to ease up in that situation and not go forward with a hit like that. And he is about to have a hearing with uh, NHL player discipline um, momentarily. So you know he's going to get some kind of sussy. Uh, for that. There's no question. Suspension will be on the way for Charlie McAvoy. It's just going to be a question of how long it is. I would I would suspect at the very least he's going to get four games for what he did. Um, similar to what um, Connor Clifton got on for uh, Heeshear uh, with, with that hit in the Buffalo, New Jersey game, you would think that McAvoy is going to get at least that uh, in uh, if, for that uh, suspend for that hit last night on Ekman Larson, so I'm assuming a minimum four game suspension is what we're going to end up seeing here for uh, McAvoy. Uh, and credit to Jimmy Murphy. Jimmy Murphy is a Bruins reporter, but he never ever um, makes it uh, apparent to anyone that follows him and reads his uh, written articles and content that he's a Bruins fan and he's going to be a, a favoritism toward the Boston Bruins. And even he said it. You know, if you think. Um, Charlie McAvoy doesn't deserve a suspension for that. You need to take the Boston Bruins glasses off because clearly you're not seeing things in, in an unbiased manner. Uh, clearly he needs to get a suspension for that. Can't be doing shit like that. Uh, and I think uh, he's going to get at least four games 
uh, minimum right now for the uh, Bruins. But uh, nevertheless, it was a nice uh, win there. Yeah, Rasmus Anderson, that's another good comparison there. Uh, Rasmus Anderson's uh, suspension. And I think, you know, four games is probably in that vicinity of what we will see. I mean, I, I'm so frustrated with that Carolina-Philly game. I mean, we were buzzing around going 3-0 and in that game. And instead, we didn't cash any of them. Uh, and that was, and it was a really good night overall. Still a plus night for me with sides and totals in the NHL last night. Uh, but man, we had Philly plus price. We had the draw in that game, and we had a little piece of the over, noting the series history. And three two Carolina was about the worst final score I could have uh, wanted. Uh, and unfortunately, that's the way it ended with the late goal in the third period. That close to at least getting the draw in that game. Uh, just a good win for Carolina on the road. Another really good effort from Philadelphia, though. And Flyers continue to prove, even in defeat, you know, the effort level for them is just absolutely um, uh, strong, night in and night out right now. Now you worry as the season goes on, you know, and the lack of talent and the lack of depth. And when injuries mount, you know, things are going to be, there's it's going to be a problem for this Flyers team, no question. But right now they are providing quite a solid work ethic, night in and night out. Uh, Carter Hart's been solid most of the year. Uh, and they, uh, again, a very good Carolina team and could have won that game. They let the uh, go-ahead goal in late in the third period, but played a pretty tough game, resilient game, even though they fell short for 3-2. Uh, good job by Carolina, too. You know, not an easy team to play against right now, Philadelphia, but they stuck with it. Thought they played a solid third period. Uh, Freddie Anderson got better as the game went along, and Carolina gets the uh, victory there, 3-2. And Tara Vinan, man, continues to be on a... Red hot streak right now, scoring wise for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. That's now uh, four goals uh, for him in the last uh, two games. So absolutely on fire. Uh, if you if you believe in riding the streaks when it comes to player props, Tavo Teravine might be that guy right now for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, we saw Seattle, uh, who have had a tough road trip so far, uh, find a way to come back and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning four three. Uh, last night in overtime, solid road effort for the uh, Kraken, who are looking to finally get a result here uh, on a road trip that hasn't exactly gone well for them uh, so far. Uh, well, actually, they started it with the win at Detroit, but the last two games were tough ones. 3-2 loss to Carolina, where they had a lead and lost an OT. Uh, the 3-2 loss to Florida, again, where they had a 2-0 lead in that game, and they lost it. So holding leads has been a problem for Seattle in those two losses. But yesterday they got the lead and they did hold the lead uh, and get the 4-3. Uh, well, they didn't hold the lead because Tampa tied it, but they found a way to get it back in overtime and ended up winning that game by a score of 4-3 uh, to three, uh, against the uh, 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 Tampa Bay Lightning in that game. Uh, Grubauer solid. Uh, and finally, Jonas Johansson's uh, shutout streak, which was two straight games for him with a shutout against the Sharks and the Hurricanes. It comes to an end uh, with that uh, four to three loss to the uh, Seattle Kraken uh, yesterday. And then this Anaheim Pittsburgh game, man, I don't even know where to start. I mean, this game made me apoplectic. And if it made me apoplectic, I can only imagine what it did to Greg Cronin, uh, the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks. Um, it was a really good hockey game. It was very competitive. I continue to be impressed with the Anaheim Ducks and I continue to be impressed with how much harder to play against this team has been this season under the new head coach, Greg Cronin, compared to the Dallas Aiken era, where they were soft, they were not defensively responsible, um, they, they just they weren't blocking as many shots. Uh, you really are seeing this team uh, grow and flourish away from the puck, and we know the skill and the core of upper echelon, blue chip, young prospects is there. 
for the Anaheim Ducks. And it's just a question of can they solidify things, you know, at the defensive end of the ice. But it was a really entertaining game that was marred by, and we'll get to it in a moment, some absolutely brutal uh, officiating. We'll get to that in a second. But it was 1-1 after the first period uh, in that one. Pittsburgh takes a 2-1 lead. Uh, or uh, Yeah, Pittsburgh t- uh, took the 2-1 lead. McTavish ties it quickly, uh, 2-2. Uh, it, actually, you know what? I'm looking at this wrong here. Yeah, it was it was one one after the first period. Uh, Anaheim goes ahead two to one. Here was the turning point. It was two one Anaheim. They're playing a pretty good game. You know they had really stemmed the tide in that game and stemmed the momentum away from Pittsburgh. It looked like to me and to most people that Anaheim made it three to one, um, but somehow the goal was waved off. They called it goaltender interference uh, on the ice. Uh, and that was the call uh, that they made. So obviously, if you're going to review it and it's going to go to replay, you've got to have that irrefutable evidence to overturn that call, that there wasn't goalie interference to call that a goal because they did call no goal and goalie interference. So Greg Cronin challenges it, and I think it was the right decision to challenge it. To me, I don't care how you look at that and say that that's goalie interference. There was, if anything, uh, you know, he was in he was in front of the goalie. There was a little bit in the crease, but he did not bump him. And if anything, you know, the Pittsburgh players' momentum pushed the Anaheim player into him. You know, it was, at the very least, it was a 50-50 call. And at the, I think it actually wasn't a goalie interference. I just, I, I don't see, if that's goalie interference, we're going to have a hard fucking time scoring goals with guys standing right there in front of the goaltender if we're going to start calling that a goaltender interference. I hated that call. I didn't agree with it one bit. And sure enough, and I don't blame Cronin for challenging it because I thought he was going to get the the call overturned as well. And it was going to be called a goal, no goalie interference. But sure enough, somehow they look at it nine times over and they say the call on the ice stands, no goal, and it remains two to one. Well, obviously Cronin's livid and I don't blame him. I thought it was a bad call you know, to, to say that that was goalie interference. And the, this is the part that's even worse. You know, you can say what you want about the call, which I thought was a bad call. But then what they did after this was even worse. Cronin's voicing his displeasure, and I don't blame him because I think that goal should have been reversed. That goal should have been overturned. And this referee has the gall. Basically, the coaches should be allowed to voice his criticism about a call. Okay, and he was doing that. And yeah, he was loud, a couple profane words. I get it. Uh, but it was nothing over the top. And this referee just all of a sudden, like barely as Cronin's getting into his, you know, rant toward this ref for the for basically keeping the uh, goalie interference call upheld. The referee turns around and says, two minute bench minor. This is you have to think about the time and the situation in the hockey game. All right. You took the goal away from them, which should have been a goal, to keep it two to one, which clearly I think was a bad call. I don't blame Cronin for being pissed off and angry and ripping the ref for it. And then he turns around and gives Cronin a bench minor, you know, for flapping his gums, two-minute unsportsmanlike. And that call, what it does, because the failed challenge automatically leads to a delay of game penalty on Anaheim, and that's in the rule. You can't debate that. Uh, when you when when a challenge does not work, the team is given a two minute delay a game penalty, automatic power play for Pittsburgh. I get that, but they're already on the power play. He is voicing criticism about a call that should have been 
overturned, should have overturned the goal. And this referee has the fucking gall to give him a two-minute bench minor for unsportsmanlike conduct and put Anaheim down five on three for a full two minutes. That's a disgrace. That's absurd. That's absolute bullshit as far as I'm concerned. It's bad enough that in my lifetime, I've had to watch a sport like Major League Baseball and these umpires wield their power like they're God and just try to dictate a game, take it over, and determine the way things work. We don't need that shit here in the NHL. You aren't God as a referee. Officiate the game. Do it right. If a coach has a beef with a call, especially when the call was wrong to begin with, you don't throw a two-minute extra penalty when that team's already on the power play. That's taking the game over. That's dictating the game, and that shit can't happen. Now stop it. It's bad enough I watch this bullshit in baseball with umpires that think they're God, they're untouchable, they own the world. We don't need it in the NHL. We don't need these referees with egos, with agendas, with say, you know what? I'm putting my foot down, and right now I'm taking over this hockey game. We don't pay to watch the refs. We don't pay to watch the ref jerkwad, whoever that fucking ref was last night. We don't pay to watch you. We pay to watch Sidney Crosby. We pay to watch Troy Terry. We pay to watch Trevor Zegras. We pay to watch star players and great hockey, the best sport in the world. Don't you start taking these games over. That was absolute shit last night. Putting a five-on-three there on Pittsburgh, giving them a five-on-three for a full two minutes, giving Cronin a bench minor, and then ejecting him out of the game. He gave him a game misconduct. Threw him out of the game. A joke. An absolute, that's, a, that's the definition of a joke right there as Lindy Ruff would say. Absolute joke. It's taken over a game. Get your heads out of your asses. Let the players play. Such fucking bullshit. I I was livid. You know, I couldn't believe it. Um, It was just absolutely... And it almost cost Anaheim. Like, and because you saw, they got the... Of course. An absolute... Horseshit five on three for a full two minutes given to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And of course they score on it. Of course. Malkin gets the power play goal 2-2 at the end of the uh, second period. And then Pittsburgh gets a 3-2 lead late in the third. And I'm like, I'm thinking it is. These fucking refs, man, they really sewered Anaheim. They really did. You really sewered this team uh, because all, all the momentum was with Pittsburgh. The five on three, they capitalized on it. Zahorna makes it 3-2 Pittsburgh. But give this Ducks team credit. I mean, this young team on the road, all this shit is just going on downhill against you. You know, the shit storm is just everything's cons- you know conspiring against you right now in this hockey game. And yet they settled it down. Uh, they put it, the train back on the tracks. And McTavish was just, uh, I can't believe it, a pillar of strength last night. Gets the tying goal three minutes into the third period. Uh, and it ends up being 3-3 uh, in that hockey game. Uh, they tie it up, uh, and right then you can tell Anaheim took a deep breath, settled in, uh, got their game back on track, and then sure enough, more penalty trouble, although this time you can't really beef about the penalties. Uh, the first penalty, I don't have a major issue with it, and then the second penalty that gave Pittsburgh yet another five-on-three for almost a full two minutes was a delay a game penalty, puck over the glass. That's black and white. You know, If it goes over the glass, you got to call it. It's just, it is what it is. With delay a game is delay a game. You know, you flip the puck over the glass, it's got to get called. You know, it's in, it, that's the rule. Uh, so poor Anaheim, they already had to deal with a five-on-three against, 
for two minutes. And at the end of the third period, they got to deal with another extended five on three power play for Pittsburgh. And I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. Pittsburgh's going to find a way. And sure enough, Anaheim hangs in there. They kill the majority of the five on three. And then out of the box comes Mason McTavish, who took the tripping penalty right before Sam Carrick had the delay a game penalty, right out of the box, breakaway shorthanded, wonderful shot over the shoulder, uh, top corner uh, over against Tristan Jari. And Mason McTavish with, what, 12, 13 seconds to go, gives the Ducks a 4-3 lead, and they win it uh, 4-3. Just an incredible uh, turn of events there in Anaheim. Uh, finds a way to win it, and uh, very happy with that uh, as someone that had plus 210 last night on the uh, Anaheim Ducks. And um, like I said, that's just a absolutely hideous, horrific, embarrassing display of officiating last night. We can't, the coach can't even say anything anymore. Like this is baseball 2.0, where a coach or a manager can't say shit anymore, and he's going to get a two-minute minor, and he's going to get thrown out of the game. That's a real sad state of affairs. Really sad. Really bad. Really pathetic. NHL refs do better than that. Don't follow that blueprint of what we saw in Pittsburgh last night. That's hideous. That's awful. That's a disgrace. That's embarrassing. Simple as that. Uh, but credit to the Ducks found a way. And we got to start asking ourselves now, what the hell's wrong with Pittsburgh? There's another loss. Mike Sullivan's getting asked a lot of tough questions, a lot of Sad-looking faces in the Pittsburgh dressing room, talking to the media after that loss last night. Uh, you thought maybe the Colorado win. But Anaheim, back-to-back home losses the last two games. Jari's play remains inconsistent. He shuts out Colorado, and he's looked below average the last two games uh, against Ottawa and Colorado. They're an old, slow defense. That's the way they are right now. Uh, they're an older team. Their defense just isn't very good. Uh, too many breakdowns, too many turnovers, and that's the issue. Kyle Dubas has basically built a car that looks good. It's got all the shiny toys, Carlson and Crosby, and all these guys that can put the puck in the net, and the engine isn't cranking right now. And you can't have a car with all the toys, and the engine and the motor isn't going. That's Pittsburgh hockey right now. That's Penguins hockey right now. And I think right now that's the issue. All the shiny toys and no ignition, no motor, no gas, nothing. Uh, and that's the issue right now for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And um, we'll see if they can turn it around. But this has not been the start they were hoping for in a season where they're hoping for, at the very least, the playoffs. If not be uh, make a run in them, they don't look like a team that can make a run in the playoffs at all at this point in time. Not defensively. You know, maybe if they get keep the, the goal scoring I still like them offensively. I do defensively and the Tristan Jari inconsistencies in net. And no, that's not a Stanley cup defense. That's not Stanley cup goaltending period. Not right now, unless I see something change. Uh, The New York Rangers credit to them. Uh, What a road trip for the New York Rangers three, two win uh, over the uh, Winnipeg jets last night. What a road trip for them. They sweep at Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Winnipeg. How about that? What a road trip for this team. Five and oh, uh, on this uh, West Coast road trip for the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, they find a way to beat the Winnipeg Jets 3-2. It was a great goaltending battle last night. Shesterkin and Hellebuck both played pretty well. And the difference ended up being a overtime winning goal by Mika Zibanejad. DJ Zbans gets the job done. Uh, Kreider uh, ended up getting the tying goal. 
uh, in the third period on a power play. Uh, the Ranger power play continues to be pretty good for them. It's been good for years with this core, no question about that. And a nice 3-2 win and a perfect 5-0 road trip here. Again, for the Rangers, Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. Pretty damn impressive from the New York Rangers. That being said, I'm sure looking forward to Thursday night, quite honestly, uh, when the uh, New York Rangers return home from this road trip and they take on the Carolina Hurricanes. That, to me, is going to be a prime fade spot of the New York Rangers. It ha- We've seen this for years in the National Hockey League where you have this perfect road trip, you get back home, you stink it up in that first game. It uh, doesn't always happen, but, man, it does happen often. And, you know, distractions come back because you're home with your family and your close friends again. So it's definitely one of those spots that I have circled Thursday night when the Rangers return home uh, to take on the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. That uh, that Carolina, especially when you not only have a great, successful winning road trip, you sweep it 5-0. and They want every game on that road trip. It is definitely a concerning spot coming up for the New York Rangers Thursday night when they return home for that dreaded first game off a perfect road trip, hosting the uh, Carolina Hurricanes on uh, Thursday night. Uh, All right, what else did we see last night uh, in the NHL? Uh, Detroit, what a job by them. Uh, 4-3 to come back, beat the Islanders in overtime. No Joe Valeno prop last night, unfortunately. Finally didn't score, but I'll tell you what, uh, great resilience uh, by the Red Wings. Down 2-0, three unanswered goals in the third period to take a 3-2 lead. Horvat ties it on the power play, 3-3. Uh, and then Lucas Raymond uh, in overtime uh, ends up getting the uh, uh, the job done in overtime. Lucas Raymond, again, is someone that I think is going to have a bounce back year. He gets the overtime winner, Detroit 4-3 over the Islanders. Dallas 5-3 against Columbus. Uh, a tougher game for Dallas than you would have thought, but third period, I thought they played their best period, really started to seize control of that game. And that's the funny thing about uh, the Dallas Stars this year um, is they've got offensive capability where – you know, if they give up goals, they can still win the hockey game. That wasn't the case a few years ago. Dallas always had to rely on good defense and goaltending. They weren't always a great offensive team, but no question last night was a, a good night for them. It was good to see Matt Duchesne uh, get on the uh, scoreboard for the uh, Dallas Stars uh, last night, his first goal uh, with the uh, Dallas Stars. Rope Hints is getting better with each game. Uh, Dodonov and Johnston on the same line have been Developed some really nice chemistry for Dallas as well. Uh, and they get a nice 5-3 win last night over the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And then the last two games, um, certainly happy is someone that had the over with Chicago and Arizona. But I did not expect uh, Chicago to only score one goal. I certainly expected Arizona to score. And I'll tell you what, Alex, who is uh, still under the weather, we're open to have Alex back either tomorrow, certainly by Thursday. Alex told me Thursday for sure uh, he should be back. And that's a big card. But he, uh, he might be off today and tomorrow as he still works his way back to full health. But Alex warned us, you know, weeks ago that don't get too hung up on the, you know, solid first few starts of the season for Arvid uh, Soderblom and net for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks that eventually, you know, he was going to um, shit the bed, come back down to earth. And boy, he did that last night against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Rough night. Uh, in between the pipes for Arvid Soderblom. Seven of the goals he gives up. Morozik has to come in uh, late in the game. Uh, and it's an uh, 8-1 to one beatdown in favor of the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And Joe Valeno is one of our goal scorer prop machines this year. Uh, I'm st- uh, Sean Dursey is starting to become one as well for uh, Arizona. I ended up uh, with him plus 600 last night uh, to score a goal. And he does once again 
for the Coyotes. He's really been active at jumping into the rush, really been a proponent of shooting the puck more this season as well. So absolutely uh, the props for uh, Jersey to score goals have been very, very nice uh, and plentiful early in the season here. So Chicago will have to go back to the drawing board. And look, that's what you're going to get from the Blackhawks. Every now and then they're going to be capable of pulling an upset and getting the goaltending and playing okay defensively and beating a really good team like Vegas, the defending champs, on Friday like they did. And then they're going to have nights like this where they get eviscerated by maybe a mediocre team. That's Chicago. Chicago's going to have all kinds of these um, nights where any night they could beat anybody, and then they're going to have these nights where it's just a disaster. And it could that could be against anybody as well these disaster performances. That's what you're going to get from Chicago uh, this year. And last night was a bad night for them, for sure. Great night for Montreal. I know they lost in a shootout against Vegas 3-2. Finally, and after narrowly missing on a couple of the draw bets I took last night, we finally hit this one. Montreal-Vegas draw plus 386. Um, Very good effort. In fact, they were swarming in the second period. It was all Montreal Canadiens in the second period. Uh, of that game. They were fortunate, to, uh, unfortunate, I should say, uh, to be down two to one after the second period. Suzuki ended up tying it late in the third and Vegas wins in a shootout three, two, but I thought Montreal actually carried the play for the majority of that game. It was a really solid effort from them. And Marty St. Louis is going to be proud of his team. He's going to be happy with that effort from his guys last night. And I'll tell you what, if they play like this in the next games on this uh, long road trip of theirs, You know, they're going to be in these hockey games and we're getting to the point now where with Montreal, these are often the spots where I do like to back them, you know, where they do step up in class. And a lot of times they, they actually play some of their better games against the better teams. Look, they already took Toronto to a shootout this year. Uh, They beat Buffalo three to one. Um, You know, they had a nice win against Winnipeg on Saturday night. They battled Vegas tough last night. So keep an eye on this Montreal team now as they head to Arizona uh, next, St. Louis after that. They got Tampa, Detroit, Boston uh, in a swatch of games starting next week. So this is a tougher part of the schedule here for the Canadians. And certainly if they bring the effort they did last night, they're going to be competitive and they're going to be in these games against some of these better teams. And they showed it last night uh, in that 3-2 loss in a shootout to the Vegas Golden Knights. All right, let's turn our attention to Tuesday and the two games. We will start with the Los Angeles Kings taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto minus 155 home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total in this game. This is an ESPN game, national TV tonight with Bob Wischusen, Ray Ferraro, Emily Kaplan uh, on the call uh, in Toronto for this ESPN matchup. Great matchup here. Uh, Kings and Leafs. The Kings enter this game undefeated um, on the road this year, 3-0 and uh, for the Kings. They've actually played better away from home. We'll see if they can bring that road warrior mentality here with them here uh, tonight to Toronto against the Leafs. Toronto's off a 3-2 overtime loss to Nashville, which wrapped up still a very solid overall 3-2 road trip through Florida, Tampa Bay, Washington, Dallas, and Nashville. So it was a five-game roadie. They went 3-2 on that road trip. We'll see if they can uh, bounce uh, back from that loss against Nashville. It's a really tough call from a side perspective here. I think there's a tinge of value in L.A., and they're undefeated on the road. They've played well. Um, But when I look at Toronto, they're home off a loss, looking to bounce back. And I really have a hard time getting to the betting window to fade the Leafs right now with this kid in net once again tonight for them. And I'm, of course, talking about the Missouri kid, uh, Joseph Wall, 
once again getting the start tonight for the Leafs. Uh, he is. It feels like it's this classic early week spot, you know, with a Western Conference team coming in, and the Leafs don't always win these games, and a lot of times they lose these games. I lean LA, but man, Joseph Wall is playing so well for the him for them right now. I mean, a 1.33 goals against average, 961 save percentage. He's on a three-game winning streak. Uh, he was terrific on that road trip. Uh, he, he kept them in the game against Tampa Bay when he replaced Ilya Samsonov. He was outstanding against Washington. He was terrific again in the win against Dallas uh, on that road trip. I mean, this is a goalie that is right now absolutely on his game. And that's not a goalie I'm in any rush to bet against right now. And we've seen it before. Where, you know, that's the the concern I have. This could be your typical Leaf spot where they get outplayed like they sometimes do when they're, you know, in these sleepy environments. That, you know, church crowd of theirs at home for an early week home game. You know how silent it is. It's just not a very loud building in Toronto. And it kind of lulls this team into mediocrity and, they're, and, a, and a mediocre uh, style of play uh, in games like this. So, I worry about that for uh, Toronto a little bit. Like I say, I do lean to LA here, but I just, I I don't really want to go against Joe Wall in that right now. He's playing well. He wants more starts because I think Sheldon Keith is in a spot right now where he's probably going to go game by game as far as his goaltending. I think if, let's say LA wins tonight, he's probably going to go back to Ilya Samsonov next game. And I think in a perfect world, he wants to kind of alternate the two goalies right now because he does has said he wants to get Samsonov more work. He doesn't want Samsonov sitting, you know, for several games in a row. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if Joe Wall puts up another terrific performance tonight and they beat LA and, and win against the Kings tonight, how do you not come back to him, you know, with the way he's playing? So this game will dictate a lot. So I lean Kings, but I am going to take a small shot with this game to go to overtime with the draw in this game, which again is another good price. You can see this being a pretty competitive matchup uh, between these two teams. We just saw Toronto go to overtime in two of their last four games. LA went to beyond regulation in their last game uh, against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights in a shootout. Uh, I could see this being a very close game, uh, two pretty good hockey teams. So I don't mind taking the shot at plus 380 at FanDuel here with the draw. Uh, I think it's very live in this game. Uh, like I say, I think that's – and if I'm lukewarm on the L.A. side at plus 135 and I don't feel strongly about it, I don't really want to tempt going against uh, the Leafs with Joe Wall in net right now, why would I bet plus 135 when I can bet plus 380 on the draw? And I think that's probably the better look here uh, in this one. But uh, the draw to me, uh, I like for a little bit of plus 380. I'm also going to grab the over. Again, with Wall and Net, it bothers me. You could give up just, you know, one goal or two goals, which has been the norm for him, you know, the last couple of starts he's had. But I can't deny this overrun for the LA Kings. And, you know, we've been on some of these LA Kings overs as well uh, during this uh, stretch that they put together. Uh, and they have been an over machine, seven and one uh, over the total uh, this season, the LA Kings in their eight games. So I'm going to sprink, uh, sprinkle a little bit on the over six and a half, a little bit on the drop. Nothing significant for me uh, in this game. Just a couple of smaller bets, draw and over. And then as far as uh, props go uh, for this game, there are a couple uh, that are interest me. One that really stands out is Trevor Moore used to be in the Leaf organization. And mostly most of his time was with the Marlies, but he did play briefly with the Leafs. This is an organization that traded him away. 
Uh, he's in good form right now the, uh, for the LA Kings. Definitely his props make sense. Goal prop, assist prop for Trevor Moore tonight, no doubt. Uh, I think he'll want to make a statement here in this game tonight. Fiala's been on fire for the uh, Kings, no doubt. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois might be worth a look. Uh, I find when he plays in the Canadian market, uh, he's always uh, amping his game up just a little bit uh, to play well. So definitely some solid looks there as far as the uh, Kings uh, player props. You know, on the Leafs side of things, uh, maybe stubborn because he hasn't really done much since playing on the top line with uh, Marner and Matthews. But I am going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali Yarncroke again uh, on the uh, top line. Bertuzzi on the second line. I think he's played some better hockey, getting more chances lately. And then Nyes for the uh, Leafs as well. So really I'm taking a shot with three player props for the Leafs, one on each line, Yarn Croke, Pertuzzi, and Nyes, goal props, assist props. And then Morgan Riley on the blue line. Uh, obviously finally held off the score sheet, but look, Nashville is one of those teams that, you know, they're going to shut you down. They're better defensively. They've actually been, I think, Nashville a little bit better defensively than LA. LA has had some issues giving up goals this year. You look at LA, they gave up four to Vegas, four to Arizona, three to Arizona, four to Boston, three to Minnesota. Uh, early in the season at home, they gave up a six spot to Carolina and five to Colorado. So this hasn't been an airtight uh, Kings blue line this year. Uh, so I think when you look at it too, their penalty kill uh, this season, the Kings hasn't been great. They've given up a power play goal in three of the last four games. The Leaf power play has been on fire. They've got scored four times with the man advantage uh, in the last three games. So that opens the door for Morgan Riley, I think, to be able to hit the score sheet tonight in this game. So the Morgan Riley prop still, in my opinion, undervalued here as far as this game goes. And again, he's been jumping up into the play and trying to get more offensive uh, prowess in his game, if you will, uh, if you've been watching the Leafs lately. So entertaining hockey game. Looking forward to that tonight. Kings and Leafs on ESPN. All right, second and final game of this Tuesday card, Nashville Predators, Vancouver Canucks. We've got Vancouver minus 135 home favorites, six being the total here uh, in this one. A rematch of a recent meeting between these two teams. They just played in Nashville, I believe last week. Vancouver got the 3-2 to two victory uh, over the Nashville Predators in that game. Now exactly one week later, they meet up once again here in Vancouver. Uh, Thatcher Demko confirmed in net for Vancouver. Um, Cam Talbot, by the way, is in net for LA. Forgot to mention that, but I think it was assumed Cam Talbot would play, especially because he's a Caledonia, Ontario native, which is just down the highway from Toronto. So uh, he'll probably want to play well. But Demko in net for Vancouver. Uh, Soros projected right now for the uh, Nashville Predators in this game. Revenge spot here for the uh, Nashville Predators in this game. But uh, I still think Vancouver is the better team. Uh, I don't know if I'm rushing to lay a buck 35 because I took Vancouver last week in Nashville. They won three, two, and it was plus 116 with Vancouver. Now I got to lay minus 135. Don't know if I will, but I don't want Nashville. I don't, I don't think they're the better of these two teams. I know, you know, short turnaround revenge and all that, but you know, I like the way Vancouver's playing. They've won three of their last four games. I thought they played good enough to beat the Rangers in a very tough spot. Remember they were playing back to back. They played St. Louis the night before. Uh, and then they ended up playing um, the New York Rangers Saturday night, the very next night. And uh, they definitely, um, you know, in a tough spot, played admirably well against a red-hot Rangers team uh, and probably could have won that game. There was a non-call that happened in overtime, which led to the odd man rush for the Rangers that won them, that got them the uh, overtime goal uh, in that game. So uh, tough luck loss there for the Vancouver Canucks. They're playing some really good hockey. Um, they're still, I think, a better squad than the uh, Nashville Predators, a little bit up and down 
uh, so far to begin the season. Five and three, two zero and one at home this year for the Canucks as well. Uh, going into this game, so uh, this is one where I don't have a strong feel side or total. Other than I would, I don't mind a sprinkle on the draw again here. You look at series history. We had a one goal game in Nashville last week with these two teams. Three meetings last year, all three of them went beyond regulation. All three of them went to a shootout. The two games in Vancouver both went to a shootout. Nashville won one of those games 4-3 in a shootout. Vancouver won the other game 4-3 in a shootout. And then in Nashville, there was also a 5-4 Nashville win that went to a shootout last night. So uh, this is another one where uh, the draw is live in this game as well, in my opinion. And uh, like I say, um, I don't want to take Vancouver at a in more inflated price coming off, you know, Nat with Nashville looking to earn redemption. But at the same time, I don't want Nashville because I just think Vancouver's the better team and is capable of be- beating them again. I just don't love the price compared to what I got with the Canucks last week when they were a road underdog in Nashville. So I'll sprinkle here on the draw. Good price here. Plus 360 uh, is what you can get here with the uh, draw on this one. Uh, this total now, I do see a couple five and a halfs out there. Uh, here in this game, I'm tempted by the over. You know, over at any time I see a five and a half, you know, I, I'm very tempted to take a look at the over here. And look, last week, Nashville and Vancouver stayed under, ended 3-2, but there were a lot of chances for that game to go over the total. I know Vancouver had an opportunity to score into the empty net like three or four times, and they shot the puck wide or they hit the post you know, each of those instances. So they really did have an opportunity uh, to at least secure the push if you were on that over six last week between the Canucks and the Predators. But uh, definitely uh, the missed opportunities ended up costing you. So at five and a half, I might I'll probably dabble in the over here. Uh, you can't deny the series history, four and one over the total of the last five meetings between the Predators and the Canucks. And again, the one under was last week's game between these two teams in Nashville, where a bit of misfortune, if you will, that that game ended up staying under. So at five and a half, I will uh, put a little bit on the over, a little bit on the draw as well. And then as far as player props go for uh, this game, there are a couple that are noticed that are uh, worth uh, mentioning here as far as the uh, Predators. Um, Whether you want to take a goal prop with them, an assist prop, a point prop, or both. I mean, Thomas Novak, we've talked about Thomas Novak uh, for a long time on this show, and he continues to be uh, absolutely undervalued right now as far as his props go. Uh, I want to see if there's any line uh, shakeups going on for the uh, Predators tonight. I don't think so. I think they're keeping things pretty uh, similar. They have elevated Gus Nyquist to the top line tonight. Uh, that is definitely one um, change there for uh, Andrew Burnett. So maybe some value with uh, Gus Nyquist in this game tonight. Uh, I mentioned Kiefer Sherwood. Uh, one, two goals and three points in the last three games. He's now moved up to the second line with Novak and uh, Luke Evangelista, who is someone that hasn't really fired away offensively yet. But man, he's had some chances. He's had some looks. He does have five points and a goal in the last four games for the uh, Nashville Predators. They like his skill, his uh, ability. He's a guy that had 41 points in 49 AHL games last year as well with the Milwaukee Admirals. So Luke Evangelista. Uh, playing on that uh, second line might be uh, undervalued as well as far as the props go tonight. Uh, And then I'll throw out a couple here for Vancouver that we've mentioned them before. So it's kind of regurgitating shit I've said before, but Ilya Mikheyev, I mean, we've really, really honed in on Ilya Mikheyev since he was elevated by Rick Tockett to the top line for the Vancouver Canucks. 
since his return from injury. And you know what he's done in four games? Two goals and three points in four games for Ilya Mikheyev since he's been back from injury. So he continues to have good prop value in this game tonight. And I'll tell you what, and um, Rick Tockett's pushed this guy up the lineup too, coming up here deservedly so with the way he's played lately. He has two goals and four points in the last four games for the Vancouver Canucks. And now he's up to the top line. It's not delivery. It's Di Giuseppe, Phil Di Giuseppe. And he's earned this promotion. He's played really well. He's going to the net, uh, scoring some goals from there. Uh, Absolutely. He is a player that stands out right now as someone you want to look at as far as Canucks player props right now. Uh, JT Miller, streaky guy, and he's on the good side of the streak right now. Two goals and four points for him uh, in the last two games against the Blues and the Rangers. So, uh, you want to share the wealth here. You don't like bet big units on uh, each of these player props. What you do is you just keep them smaller and you sprinkle and, and share the wealth and put a little bit on each. That's what you do. And of course, we can't wrap it up without talking about uh, Quinn Hughes as well. Uh, he is someone that has been just an absolute gem as far as props go. Goal props, assist props. Both of those have been good. And more than anything, the shots on goal props have just been Absolutely incredible here for um, Quinn Hughes. I mean, they are very slow to adjust to it. Uh, That is something we have talked about repeatedly uh, regarding Quinn Hughes is that all season long, uh, his, um, you know, shot props uh, have been, you know, two and a half and there's been very little, if any, uh, adjustment in it. So uh, there's no question um, that there is definitely uh, a situation where um, he's just been terrific. And again tonight with the uh, shots on goal prop for uh, Quinn Hughes, you know this is a guy that's this is a guy that's getting to at least three shots on goal and a minimum, uh, you know, a minimum three shots on goal in every game, and in a lot of cases, you know, finding his way toward four, five shots on goal, and yet you can find minus one thirty or so for over two and a half shots on goal again tonight for him. So uh, absolutely, Deshaun's uh, saying in the chat, Colton Sissons. That's an interesting choice. Colton says he does play on the power play, the second unit for the uh, Nashville Predators, and he scored against Vancouver last week. So, you know, if you buy into, hey, maybe he matches up well against the Canucks, maybe there's something to that. He did score his uh, most recent goal against them. So, and you're definitely going to get a good price. There's no question uh, with uh, Colton Sissons tonight. So those are some of the props I like there when it comes to the uh, Canucks and the uh, Predators. All right, great stuff. Uh, Thanks to everyone once again for tuning in to another edition of the Ice Guys. Hit the like button if you haven't done so already. And also, if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the Ice Guys Family Plan YouTube channel membership for just $9.99 U.S. per month. We have our daily betting card, our player props posted there. Uh, We're going to have our bonus bet cast date to be determined in the month of November. Late in the month of November, we'll have our regular bet cast, which is going to be open to the public, free for all. And then we're going to have in the first, I would say, couple weeks in November, we're going to have another impromptu uh, bonus BetCast, which will only be available to the Family Plan members. So if you're a Family Plan member, only you will be able to watch the BetCast and only you will be able to participate and join us on the BetCast stream uh, as it takes place. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, We've got lots of stuff coming throughout the season. Uh, with the Ice Guys Family Plan membership. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Ice Guys uh, Family Plan YouTube channel membership for just $9.99. And also the Patreon subscription, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month, which again is where you get all the written content from us. And then, of course, 
um, the store. Don't forget to cop yourself some merch at the Ice Guys store uh, as uh, well. All right, let's get to bargain bin special of the night uh, for this uh, Tuesday uh, NHL card. We've only got two games uh, to go with here tonight uh, as far as, uh, let me just see here. Uh, There we go. All right, as far as um, player props go, uh, and I am going to see what we've got here. Yes, he meets the criteria. He does meet the criteria for a goal scorer prop tonight. Uh, and uh, I think it's a good choice. It's it's the former player angle. Uh, it's a player that's been in great form this season for this particular team. And again, the price fits as well, making it worth a bargain bin look. And we are going to go to the LA Kings Toronto Maple Leafs game. And we are going to go with someone that has five goals for the LA Kings in the first eight games of the season. Uh, he's played very well. He's had, and even in the last 10 game, the last two games rather, against Arizona and Vegas, he didn't score, but he had 10 shots on goal uh, in those two games combined. So still getting the looks, still getting the chances, and we are going to go with Trevor Moore for the Los Angeles Kings for tonight's bargain bin special of the night. Trevor Moore, LA, plus 340. That is a price you can find at PointsBet, DraftKings, uh, both of those books have plus 340. BetMGM has plus 325. So you can still get uh, a very, very good price for Trevor Moore, the LA Kings, to find the back of the net tonight. Plus 340. That will be my bargain bin special of the night for this mini two game Tuesday NHL card. And best bet for me on this uh, show, you know, nothing I love as far as sides and totals. Um, keeping everything pretty light tonight uh, on this two game slate. But I am going to go with the. Gosh, I'm going to go with over six and a half in the Kings-Leafs game. Again, it's nothing that I'm overly excited about, but I can't deny or ignore the LA Kings and their seven and one streak, uh, seven and one streak to the over uh, in their first eight games this season. Uh, and again, with the Leafs coming back off that road trip, I can see them being a little lax defensively, and we've seen that from them at home this year. You know, you could be, you could, you could argue they haven't played a good defensive game. For their uh, at home this year, the Leafs. This is only going to be their fourth home game. The three home games they played previously were right at the beginning of the season. They weren't great defensively at home in the win against Montreal to open the season. They weren't great defensively in the win against Minnesota at home, even though they won that game. And then, of course, the Chicago game, they didn't have a great defensive game. They lost that game as a big favorite. So they haven't played their best defensive hockey at home, the Leafs. So I can see the Kings fine in the back of the net. I certainly think the Leafs can score on a Kings team that's been giving up more goals than they're accustomed to uh, early in the season. So by default, let's rock with that on a card where there's nothing we love as far as sides and totals are concerned. By default, we will go with that one. LA Kings, Toronto Maple Leafs, over six and a half, minus 130 uh, for my best bet for this Tuesday card. Uh, That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Uh, We appreciate it very much. We'll be back tomorrow, four-game NHL slate uh, with that. Uh, And, of course, we've got our BetCast dates for the month of November. Alex and I are going to figure it out by the end of the week when our uh, November BetCast dates will be the exclusive one for the family plan members and the regular one later in the month. We will have those announcements for you by the end of the week. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when, when you can't watch the show live. I'm Ian Cameron. 
great Tuesday night. Happy Halloween. Enjoy the two games, and we will be back with you tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys. Mm-hmm.